So, I'm going to start out with a, with a story. There was this guy, and he met this perfect girl, and he couldn't believe how fortunate he was. And they really fell in love, um, and they've been dating for quite a while, and then he asked her to marry him, and she said yes. So he was ecstatic. Was ecstatic. So I'm just Afrikaans for people that don't know me. So when was in words, not in the right places, please forgive me. So they were engaged. Everything went well. It was, yeah, every morning he got up, the sun was just shining brighter and the birds chirped harder. He didn't walk where he wanted to go. He floated where he wanted to go. Everything, you know that feeling. But then one day, one of his friends comes to him and says, listen, I've seen your fiance." having coffee with the P Peter, I think it was, yeah, it was Peter from marketing. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, this can't be true. I think you've been mistaken. A few days later, one of his other friends comes to him and says, listen, I've seen your fiance like holding hands with John from sales in the park. And I've got a video to prove that to you. And he was absolutely devastated. So he goes to her and he's like, listen, this is the info I've got. Is this true? And she's like, yes, I'm very sorry it is true. But I tell you what, I love you so much. All I'm asking you is just give me one week per year with each one of them. You can just go somewhere, but I'll give you all the rest of the time. I'll give you everything. But just, just give me one week with each of them. So just by that question, I just want to hear, what would you have said if your fiancé or your wife or your girlfriend asked you just for one week per year with someone else? It's not a trick question. Who would say, yes, you can have a week? Who would say no? You can just, yeah, I would also say no. <laughs> yeah. But then she started to negotiate with him, and she, uh, she said, listen, but what about a weekend? Just give me a weekend with each of them per year. Just one weekend. We can just go away. That's all I need. And again, he said, no way. I can't give you that. I want you for myself 100%. And later on, they've discussed and tried to negotiate, and then he, he realized she's not willing to lay down the desires of her heart to be 100% devoted to. So unfortunately, he had to leave her and they broke, they broke up. So, I don't know if you know this, but our relationship with Jesus can be compared to that of a bride and a bridegroom. And if you didn't get it in this story, we are actually the cheating women, cheating on Jesus with the desires of our hearts. So, I just want to tell you, let me tell you another story. Let me just quickly, this one will be from the Bible, okay. <laughs> that the previous one is not from the Bible. Okay, so you all know the story of the rich man that came running to Jesus and fall on his knees and said, um, good teacher, what must I do to inherit it or, you know, eternal life? So um, then Jesus told him and he said, you must not murder and you must not steal and you must not commit, commit adultery and all those stuff. And then the rich man said, 
oh, that's great. I've done all those things. But then, that was the first part of the test. But then Jesus gave him a second part. You all know when you write an exam, everything goes good and you turn to the second page and you're like, oh no. Am I still in the right? Is this the right test? You, you get that feeling that, oh no, I don't know if I can do this. So Jesus wanted to see if this man is willing to be 100% devoted to him, willing to lay down the desires of his heart. And what Jesus said, can you please put up Mark 10, 21, please? Okay. So Jesus looked at him and loved him. And then he said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. So go sell everything you have. And I don't know if you know the rest of the story, how this man responds. But in verse 22, it says, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad, for he had great wealth. He was not willing to lay down the desires of his heart to give Jesus 100%. Now, Jesus didn't run after him when he went away and said, okay, listen, listen, just give me, just give me 70%, that will be fine. Or he didn't negotiate with him. It was a 100% or nothing. Um, so a lot of times we think there's like a question that says, do you want to lay down the desires of your heart? A multiple choice, option A, yes, option B, no, option C, Maybe later, option D, yeah, but I just still want to do this or this or this. Option C or D is actually not options. It's a multiple choice question with two options, yes or no. Jesus gave the man that option, yes or no. The man in the story gave his fiance the option 100% or nothing. And still today, it is exactly the same for us. Jesus is giving us that option. We've got desires in our heart that Jesus and the Holy Spirit presses on our heart and wants to show it to us. And then Jesus is asking us, do you want to lay down your desires for me and give me 100%? And then it is, okay, yes or no? Okay. So it is, that is our option. Do you actually realize when you think about this, Jesus was the only person that chose to be born. He chose to come to earth for us. When he went to Jerusalem to be crucified, you know that he could have stopped at any point. He could have stopped at 50%, 60%, 70%. When people started to mock him and spat on him, he didn't go like, okay, I've come far enough. I'm going to stop here. I've gave 50%. When people started to beat them with their fists and clubs, he could have said, okay, I've come far enough. When the Roman soldiers came out with rods and whips, he didn't go like, whoa, <laughs> that thing, thing looks like it's going to cause some serious damage. I think I've come far enough. Thank you very much. Jesus gave us 100%, nothing less. I feel so, so lost, Brett. So I want us to realize that that is what he gave us, 100%, not 
he already gave us 100% up until his very last breath. So now we can ask ourselves, you know, do we love him so much and so dearly that we want to give him 100%? Do we want to lay down all our desires that Peter from marketing and John's, John from sales and those things, the things that prevent us from giving him 100%, do we want to lay that down because we love him so dearly? So just for what he's done for us, it's more than enough reason for us to give 100% back. But I just quickly want to circle back to Mark 10, 21. Um, and Peter, if you can just please. Sometimes we are so blown away by this sacrifice part that we don't even see the reward part. I think when Jesus told him and said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, I think that what he heard from there on was, I think when he heard the sacrifice, his ears just went like shut. Because look at that reward part. You will have treasure in heaven. So what? more can we want than a treasure in heaven? I mean, all of us would love having a treasure, but having a treasure in heaven for eternity, I mean, what can compare to that? When we take that sacrifice and we put it alongside that reward, oh my goodness, that sacrifice that just looked so big now disappears when you put it alongside this reward that we can get. So, but hopefully the reward won't be the ultimate motivation. So, let's get, let's get practical. So if you are sitting here today and you feel like, you know, I think Jesus, if Jesus giving me 100%, I would really love to give him a hundred percent i would really love to lay down all the desires of my heart i want to lay down the desires of my heart if you're sitting here and considering to lay down your desires i just want to give you just three practical tips how you can do it um so if you don't want to lay it down just think about it or just try to remember it for when you decide to lay it out but yeah so just Identify, deny, and reply. Identify, deny, and reply. So, to identify something, you have to know what you are looking for, right? You can't identify something if you don't know what you're looking for. So, how does desires of the heart, when we speak about desires of the heart or the desires of our flesh, how does it look like? What is it exactly that Jesus is talking about when we're talking about desires of the heart or desires of the flesh? We are sinful people. Our flesh, that sinful flesh, we want to do bad things. So, so when I say that, that is our flesh, our sinful nature. So actually in Galatians 5.19, there's a nice uh, uh, um, summary and it starts out with, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are quite clear. It's so beautiful. It's just saying, saying that we can actually 
um, read through that, there's a whole list of stuff that you can see. It basically comes down to when people are doing bad things, ugly things, it comes from their sinful nature. It comes from our sinful nature. So when things don't look good, when someone is likes to fight, when people get angry, when they've got like envy or jealousy, all those stuff, um, sexual immorality, impurity, um, all those stuff comes from our sinful nature. So when someone gets angry or whatever, the, the thing is our sinful nature produces those results. Um, things also like, this is a, a, an important one, idolatry. Um, so usually when we hear the word idolatry, we think about a statue that we are worshipping or something. But it's not actually that, but it can be that, but it's not that now in this sense. Um, idolatry, anything that we can do that can consume our minds, anything we want, anything we are looking for, anything we desire so much that it consumes our minds more than Jesus consumes our minds. When we want to buy this great instrument and it's all we can think about or this, I want to buy this car or even other people as well. Um, there's a great acronym uh, for idols. I-D-O-L-S. I is for item. D is for deeds. Sometimes just things I want to do and it's all I can think about and it consumes my mind more than Jesus consumes my mind. Um, o is for others. Sometimes we worship other people in a bad sense. They become like what they think of us. So we are th thinking so much about them and what they think about us that it consumes our minds. L is for longings. When we long for something, we long for better circumstances, we long for leadership, we long for uh, um, to be in the next season in our lives, that longing can actually paralyze me to do the work of Christ in the season that I'm in now. Um, and then S is for suffering. Sometimes we hold on to bad things because it gets me attention. Um, I've went through this and I keep on I'm holding on to it because it gets me attention. I take offense easily. All those things can be idols in our lives. So we've identified, we now know what to look for. We look for those bad things because that means that we are feeding our flesh. So how to identify the desires? We can do two things. We can ask God to show us, to show me the desires of my heart that I need to lay down. And before we go to point two, I actually just want to do like a 30 second, one minute exercise where we can just hear God's voice just by yourself, just hearing the Holy Spirit. So I just want to ask you just to close your eyes and just ask God, God, what is that? What is that desires of my heart, of my flesh, that you want me to lay down? And may the Holy Spirit just work now and just be sensitive and don't overthink it. Just be quiet and let, let God, let the Holy Spirit just speak.
this is something you can do at, at home as well. But when we spend time with, with God and with the Holy Spirit, chances are very good when we are boldly honest, brutally honest with ourselves and not looking away, looking straight into the mirror and let allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, chances are very good that we will hear something that comes up. And then the other thing we can do is when you are in a healthy church and you are part of a healthy family, you can ask your friends, you can ask your family, listen, is there something in my life that you've identified? Is there a desire that you think that I'm clinging on to that prevents me from giving 100% to Jesus? And I believe in, in this setting, in this environment, you will definitely have those friends that you can ask that will show it to you. So identify is quite a hard part and we need to do it. But then comes deny. And believe me, the devil does not want you to deny, to lay this down. So when you deny something, so you've got your flesh and your flesh wants to feed those desires. But when you deny it, when you don't give something water, you deny it water. You've got a plant and you deny that plant water it will start to die. Our flesh needs to die. So we need to deny. Okay. So two steps to deny. Step one is first you must choose to deny because you can identify something, but then you can choose to hold on to it. So to identify is one thing, but then to choose to deny it, that is where your part comes in. That is where our part comes in. We need to choose deny it, you need to choose to lay it down but then we can't do it by ourselves we are not good enough when the rich man came to Jesus he said good teacher what must I, and Jesus said why do you call me good only God is good none of us, none of us here is good enough, is good to start with, but none of us has the strength to do it on our own and that is why we've got a helper, the Holy Spirit. If I've got something on my back, I can choose, okay, I want to get this off, but I'm going to need someone to take it off for me. When I actually wanted to bring a bottle, but now I'm just going to use your imagination. If here is a bottle, and inside the bottle is like a table tennis ping pong ball, I'm not allowed to lift up the bottle or throw it out, but I need to get that ball out of the bottle. What can I do? I can fill up the bottle with a fluid that will bring it to the surface and I can take it out. And that is exactly the same for us. We are leaking vessels, but we are fortunate enough that the Holy Spirit can come and fill us. And in that same way, we can get rid of those desires. But if you cannot put your finger in there, you cannot get that ball out by yourself, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. And if we need to fill up with the Holy Spirit, what do you do? If you need to fill up your car, do you just drive by engine very quickly and the guys stand there and when you come by, it's like, and there you go. And they send you a WhatsApp with your bill. Um, and that would be 850 rand. Thank you, sir. 
you actually need to stop. You need to take time for your card to be filled up. And isn't it, isn't it exactly the same with us? When Peter once said something that stood out to him with when Jesus was baptized was that the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And a dove will only come and sit on your shoulder when you are absolutely full. So that is what we need to do every day is we need to be absolutely full. We need to start our day with prayer, talking to God, and then listening, being quiet, being filled up. Because when we are filled up, there is no space for the stuff of the flesh. So we can try to fake it till we make it. That won't work. So let's fake it till we make it. Let's have the faith of the Holy Spirit because when we are full of the Spirit, then in Galatians 5.22, we will see that when you are filled with the Spirit, you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is, which is joy and love and kindness and peace and all those beautiful attributes that comes from being filled with the Spirit. Then we do not have to try by ourselves to get rid of the things of the desires of our heart, of our flesh. The Holy Spirit will come and sort it out. It makes sense. So that is how you can deny. And then point number three, and we're going to land with this, is reply. To reply by being 100% devoted to Jesus. When you are in a relationship with someone, you want that person to have eyes only for you. You want that person to be devoted to you. You want that person to spend time with you. If I told my wife, if I went to Nadine and said, listen, I think we can spend time every Sunday for two hours. But that is impossible. That's why I'll give you. I think she would say something like, okay, then, then we'll eat only on Sundays. No one of us will be able to survive, be healthy, and grow with only one meal per week. Right? We eat three times per day because we need to feed our bodies. So how do we feed our spirits? By spending quality time with God. So Jesus went out in the morning. When it was still, he went to a secluded place and he prayed and he spent time with God. That is what we need to do. We need to be consumed. Our thoughts need to be consumed. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night. We need to think about it the whole time. So what is consuming our thoughts? Is my business consuming my thoughts? Is my studies consuming my thoughts? What is consuming my thoughts? Because your thoughts can be consumed with one thing and you can still do other things. But let, our, let us be consumed with God. Let us be consumed with Jesus and do other things. So let's reply by being 100% devoted to Him. For He was 100% devoted and He is 100% devoted to us. Let's pray together.